get you go to school. And here's your name. What do you think of what's going on right now, mate? These evil little invisible parasites. Satan worshipping Freemason moron. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not run by factions. Get the fuck out of camera. There are much more powerful international forces in play. Is this pink guy? Is this what pink guy is? I don't fucking know what's happening. Please get outside and look at the moon quickly. It's been crazy, guys, but guess what? It's how it is, mate. Mate, because I want to do it slowly. But I ain't spending any time on it. Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the nether world of cult scrims and con artists. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and today we are on that cycle in the Conditional Release Program. We are going down the rabbit hole. Yes, we're revisiting the Great Reset. It's week three of our rabbit hole mm. segment on this topic, which means we're halfway to China. That's how Donald Trump says China. I have tried to dig to China before. Yes, it, it is, yeah. I once tried to dig to China after a big night down at the beach and uh, didn't get there. No, hard. Didn't get there. But anyway, cookers have latched on to the WF and their various musings on how the world might look in the future. They have lots of things they put mm. out. But this is where, you know, this is a world where you own nothing, you eat bugs, and you love every minute of it, probably because there's drugs in the water supply. But realistically, this is because cookers have decided this is a part of a dystopian future they don't want to be a part of, and they're very angry about it. This is ridiculous, considering the fact that they've actually made this dystopian future up mostly themselves. Is that the police coming for you, Joel? I'm just wondering. I can hear them in the background. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Look, it's a really loud song. Cookers don't want to be part of a dystopian future because they prefer to live no. in their own dystopian present because it's all been going yes. so well for them during... Uh, oh, during God. the uh, during the pandemic. So, without further ado, we give you a glimpse mm-hmm. into a WEF World Economic Future where we all eat crickets rather than cricketers, who I've always found to be a bit chewy. Don Bradman was more gristle than man. Yes, that is actually it further is ado, Jack. So let's get on with it now. Yes, let's get on with this because we are already in part two of five. Because the first part of part two fucking went so long, we had to cut it in half. Here we go with. Part 2.5 of You Know Nothing and Be Happy. I, I still haven't worked it out yet. And if you haven't worked it out, keep asking the question. And keep looking for the answers. Because it's irrelevant. So look, if you're coming into this fresh, go back and listen to episode 110, The Great Reset Part 2, where we plan to cover this entire article, but we got halfway and went, shit, it's an hour. We are never getting through this. Okay, let's just... Let's, yes, let's chop it. Yes. And it, it is You'll Own Nothing, and this is based on this, you know, article we're going to deconstruct in this uh, part two of it. It's the second half of it. It's by a young Danish MP, Ida Alken, who wrote this dystopian essay on the potential consequences of smart cities that work on this kind of subscription basis with a bizarre type of universal-based income where people don't work but kind of do and they kind of pay their rent by hiring out their lounge room to tech bros while they hang out with their (laughs) friends on bikes or some shit. It didn't make a lot of sense and it actually doesn't make a lot of sense. It's a fucking terrible article. And like, if you read this essay, every now and then you'll just go, huh? Don't worry, that's not you being stupid or crazy. This piece of writing sucks. But of course, because of this, and because it came from the WEF as an institution, it is a huge trope in the conspiracy universe. And it's been a very successful fear-mongering tactic for people like Ralph fucking Babbitt and Malcolm fucking Roberts. So if you haven't listened to part two, which is part one of this bit, but part two of our Great Reset series, which is going to have like 10 parts, I've got so much to cover, 
Go back before going forward because this will make fuck all sense if you jump in halfway. Or, you know, just yeah, listen to it. I think I think our listeners are very, very intelligent. I think they'll pick it up. Yeah, some of them, maybe. I don't know. So as a general rundown, bit of a to be continued. In this story, the protagonist lives in a city where everything is free. They are being constantly watched. And privacy is something that is reserved only for elites who can pay for it. You know, opt-out clauses that cost money. This entire thing has been completely misinterpreted by cookers. But the thing is, this is unsurprisingly so. I'm going to give them a little bit of credit here because it was never contextualizes a dystopian projection it reads like a fucking policy document but once it was clarified as such the disinformation machine had got so horny for this story using it constantly to make out this ridiculous bizarre communist sketchy future they want to talk about over and over again they never stopped going on and on about it so here is the second half of one of the most bizarre essays i've ever read jack kick it off with the quote I'm the narrator here, so I'm going to kick it off. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Once in a while, dystopian future-wise, once in a while I yes. will choose to cook for myself. KFC's closed. It is easy. <laughs> the necessary kitchen equipment is delivered to my door within minutes. Since transport became free, we stopped having all these things yeah. stuffed into our home. Why keep a pasta maker and a crepe cooker? <laughs> crammed into our covers. I don't have a crepe cooker, Joel. Yes, because your life sucks. (laughs) We can just order them when we need them. And then what happens? You can come and pick them up afterwards. Anyway. I suppose so. And then clean them or whatever. There you go. So if you want to cook, (laughs) the, the equipment will be delivered. So this goes to the core of the thing, which is you'll own nothing, which is all about subscription. Apparently it's all for free though, which makes absolutely no sense. No. If it's not free, then... When you think about it, and this is one of the more like quite like reasonable criticisms, whether it's cookers or just people with half a fucking brain cell, if you can't afford to pay the monthly subscription fees, you may very well be in a spot of bother because mm. you can't get a pasta maker or, I don't know, maybe eat. No crepe cooker for you. You can't just go down and get your two-minute noodles going on a, on a bit of a, a rough week because you can't boil them because you have to hire the fucking saucepan. <laughs> but in reality, there is a truth in this because if we did have a seamless delivery of products on the flip side, we would not need to hoard a multitude of items in our giant houses. We could live in a much simpler, on-demand kind of fashion. It's quite inviting. So this is appealing, and I can see the appeal to it, and I can see the rationale behind it because we waste so much space and time maintaining shit we don't even fucking use. I mean, why are there a million rice cookers within a fucking square mile of me? Like, we use them, like, once a fortnight, except for certain people we use them all the time. Anyway, look, it is that thing, though, because, like, I personally like to make snap decisions, usually induced by alcohol, and this appears, once again, to not be an optional service. If you want to get a saucepan, you've got to get it from the higher service, and if you don't get it from the higher service, you don't cook. Don't like it. Okay. More of Orkin right here. This also made the breakthrough of the circular economy easier. That's what we're talking about here, a circular economy. Mm-hmm. When products are turned into services, no one has an interest in things with a short lifespan. Everything is yeah. designed for durability, repairability, and recyclability. Ooh, don't think that's a word. But anyway, the materials it is are flying. It is now. The, the materials yeah. are flowing more quickly in our economy and can be transformed to new products pretty easily. Environmental Mm. problems seem far away since we only use clean energy and clean production methods. Hmm. I wonder Mm -hmm. how you make that saucepan. Anyway, the air is clean, (laughs) the water is clean, and nobody would dare to touch the protected areas of nature. 
do not touch the genitals of nature because <laughs> they constitute such value to our well-being. In the cities, we have plenty of green space Ooh, and plants and trees all over. I still do not understand why in the past we filled all our free spots in the city with concrete. Well, it's kind of where you live in the concrete bits. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a weird thing and it's that, that smugness. Like this is just such a smug piece of writing, but I am feeling it in like the start, that sort of disposable nature of this sort of Kmart way of living, this globalization where we've got an army of slaves that make our shit if it breaks, just buy a new one because it's only a third of an hour of our labor. It is such a bunch of bullshit. You've got these elaborate single purpose appliances. They are made with dead set slave labor, razor sharp logistics systems using all these resources Mm. to give us in the developed Mm. world, that is, access to a seemingly endless array of things that are on demand that make our lives a little bit easier with massive externalized costs, environment, humanity. It's just terrible. And the things that are almost cheaper to throw away in store, you do, you throw these fucking things away. Like, your pedestal fan probably pays more rent living in the cupboard over winter than it's worth brand new. And that is why we often end up throwing them out and then buying a new one every year, which I'm about to do, which is fucked in the head. And I'm being <laughs> rational. I'm being but a rational market actor. I, shouldn't I be that way. I understand, I understand what you're saying. But but these things invariably, and I, and, I, and I understand the pedestal fan argument better than most. I've got a shed <laughs> with three of them now that need to be thrown. I, Good I on you. I actually threw a couple out. On the, on the hard rubbish pickup. Um, but that, that's because things are designed to be cheap. They're designed to be but cheap. But they shouldn't be. And inbuilt obsolescence. So your pedestal yeah. fan that you bought for a snap at Big W for, for, for 20 bucks, it's not going to make two years. You know, that's it's well, not designed to make two years. But you don't even let it get to that point. And this is the thing that Orkin's saying in this, which is that everything is now designed for durability because we have this situation where if you're done with your pedestal fan, you send it off to the drone warehouse, it gets cleaned up, it gets put on a shelf, and it gets brought back. And I do respect that because <laughs> the way things are right now is kind of fucked. We buy things seasonally, and this is legitimately because capitalism is just a totally fucking cooked system. Like, I mean, Who, who's modern repairing capitalism the, is fucked Who's in the repairing head. the $20 pedestal fan, though, Joel? You know, just throw well, that fucking thing, thing in the bin, you know? But the $20 pedestal fan won't exist because we'll have high-quality fans that we use seasonally. And when yeah. it cools down, they'll be sent to the Northern Hemisphere by fucking drones that are I'll operated by I'll get to the economics of this in a minute. Slaves. Move on. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I would love to see a return to repairing things, but net right now, it's just not worth it. And this is mostly because of the discrepancy between our hourly rate and a Bangladesh's hourly rate. But this is because the market is just objectively wrong about the value of a repaired item and the cost of making it, mostly because of these uncosted externalities I was talking about. The fact that all these things... They aren't put into the price, and we have these things that end up having societal impacts that we don't pay for. So overhauling this works for me entirely. You can send my fan off in winter. You can take it somewhere up north. They get cooled down for a while. I don't need it anymore. When things warm up, bring it back. I'm sure the boats are going to be full of either drones or, unfortunately, as we'll get to, probably migrant labor, really. But the thing also is the clean energy. It's not. It's a total no-brainer. We're heading that way, but people are kicking and screaming. And people who are against clean energy are fucking cooked. Like, we're almost past climate change denial, but this cognitive dissonance in this conservative normies, they, it just won't fucking die. It becomes their, their life. They will, they will die on this hill. Fucking Hong Kong Jack, I'm calling you out. Clean energy <laughs> is good, and this I can totally run with. Just yeah. It is what it is. But look. But you can't run, you can't run aluminium smelters. With solar, you just can't. 
uh, <coughs> you'll and just I'm never totally be confident. able to generate that. So, so we need to we need to plan this thing a little bit better. And what you can yeah. run run uh, aluminium smel- smelters with is is hydro. Um, so we got we mm. got to actually get get to this. Unfortunately, we have uh, a conflict in Ukraine, which is all about energy, really, because yep. the Germans grew fat and lazy, among the other Europeans, yes. fat and lazy and on warm. cheap Russian and warm on cheap Russian energy. Now they don't have it. Yep. So that will drive, in my view, it will drive the clean economy, the clean energy. Uh, I, uh, yeah. There'll be billions and billions of dollars thrown into development here. So they'll be able to just Out of necessity. turn off, yeah, turn off, turn off Russian energy and say, right, eh? You will not – it will not be worth your while to, to pull it out of the ground. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, and also with this, like, weird thing about green space, I mean, concrete does have its place. Like you said, it's where you live. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, it's mm. so fucking smug. But let's have a little bit of a hat tip to the existence of now. I mean, if you look at our governments, especially in the city of Sydney where, like, the park space is worth, like, billions of dollars. Like, Wentworth Park in Glebe would be worth a mint if they sold it to high-rise, like, Meriton. The Harbour Foreshore is, on the north anyway, is pretty much all public land. Uh, um, yeah. And, and it will remain there forever. Total respect. Total respect. So let's not pretend we don't have parks. We do have parks, mm. and it's lucrative, valuable space, and it's remained park space. And I just, yeah, I want to give respect to the guys who could have easily sold that out. I mean, they were going to sell Wentworth Park, but then Mike Baird, what happened to him? I don't know. He just left, I guess. Yeah, it's very sad. Yeah, Imre Zelensky. Never mind. Um, um, won't get into that. Uh, former colleague of mine uh, became his advisor. It's like, mate. With advice like that, who needs who needs advisors? Um, really, yes. really bad. Um, <clears throat> anyway, look, I just wanted to talk about the way the capitalist economy works and how this might play into this kind of dystopian future. I mean, if we go mm-hmm. back to the to the great cataclysm of the twentieth century, uh, <clears throat> the nineteen twenty nine collapse of markets, essentially, it was driven by high rates of unemployment, but it was also driven by debt. But what we see from that yeah. period is with inflation adjusted, we see the cost of housing staying around about the same right? until we get mm-hmm. to uh, until we get to around about um, the the end of the twentieth century, and then it starts spiraling. And probably started yeah. starting in the nineties, eighties, and nineties, probably that Reagan era that Republicans yeah, well, will get yeah. very nostalgic about. And what was happening <laughs> at that same same particular point in time was that the wealthier group, the sort of top five or even 1% of, of, uh, of our populations were getting wealthier, wealthier and wealthier and wealthier. And the only way for the middle and upper middle classes to become wealthy themselves was to engage in basically property purchasing. That was the only thing yep. that was was within their reach. And that the yep. only way to do that was to debt finance. And then yeah. we get to the then we get to two thousand and eight, with with people financing their own homes, refinancing their own homes. Some people were in the states were refinancing their homes three or four times a year, and every yeah. time there'd be fees and so forth. In in the end, basically, people were just trading themselves out of housing, and, and so the whole thing collapsed because it was all just toxic debt. And I think nine million Americans lost their homes. Yeah, the big short's really good on that. Why we have why why we have this very narrow group of people with with uh, who are obscenely wealthy and that's continuing that the rest of us won't cop markets behaving this way the rest of us won't cop capitalism 
The capitalism yeah. will have to change and be respond more responsive. The other thing that you look at, look at from really the 1930s on till about the, the 80s and 90s is that real wages were growing. Real wages really yeah, grew yeah, yeah. throughout the Western world, throughout the capitalist economies. Real wages grew in the 40s and 50s and 60s. And then by, then by the time we get to the 70s, 80s, 90s and beyond, they just go into stagnation. The only way yeah. for people to generate wealth is through housing. And that's basically, they're going to have to debt finance it that way. And that's been spurred on by... Um, uh, by um, <coughs> the Reserve Bank and and and, and other uh, regulatory uh, banks around the world by by keeping interest rates at absolute lows. So now we're seeing yeah. the, the other side of that now. So my view is, if that's the only if this is the only way this system keeps working, then it won't work. There'll be the majority of people who say. We don't want this anymore. Yeah, we like boom, we don't like bust. And unfortunately, capitalism has a little bit of both, um, for better or worse. But they, even the, this is what I'm saying, even the booms, Joel, were not representative. So so even we had a good uh, wealth distribution around the 50s and 60s. We had good wealth distribution, much better than it is now. Now you've mm. got the top 1% in the US who basically own 90% of the wealth. Yeah. You know, that can't be sustained and, yeah. while you have huge, where you where you, where you bottom out in these huge ways. Yeah, <laughs> and in, it'll be interesting know, to see how Until that politics and stuff is just tinkering at the system. So there will be, yeah. in my view, some... Some major sort of some major changes to our to, to worldwide economic systems. Whether it leads to and, this, I wouldn't think so. But anyway, and the far right will be kicking and screaming the whole fucking time. Hey, they'll they'll see the opportunities there. All right, we'll get yeah, back to maybe. the Orkin essay. Shopping. I can't remember really remember what that is. I think Woolworths again okay. has something to say about that and Coles. For most <laughs> of us, it has been turned into choosing things to use. Sometimes I okay. find this fun and sometimes I just want the algorithm to do it for me. It knows my taste better than I do by now. What a shit. Anyway. Yeah, go, I don't know. Like, look, it does seem a bit weird, but if you look into it, like I did it this afternoon, we waste an extraordinary amount of time shopping. And there's legs on this to a certain extent, but of course it does seem a bit fucking autocratic because the robots are telling us what we're allowed to eat and wear, depending on what Klaus Schwab decides for us. But in reality, us. the algorithms are actually getting quite good at knowing what our preferences are and what we use on a regular basis. And they do know us better than we know ourselves sometimes. The other thing is, of course, we do have such a thing as seasons. We have a giant industry revolving around doing very weird shit to fruit to make sure you can eat a peach at the wrong time of the year. Just don't yeah. eat a fucking peach. But to remove the idea of shopping is weird. They can be shipped. Um, they can be shipped over from overseas. I, I do often yeah. see sort of passion fruit and things like that well and truly out of season. And you look, oh, product, product of Mexico. Nothing wrong with yeah. uh, Mexican mangoes or passion fruit. Oh, I'll buy them. I'll eat them. Yeah, maybe we just take a breather during winter on mangoes. Just fucking yeah, well, get past it. That's probably the best response. You actually go, okay, now it's winter fruit. Now I'll eat berries. Now I'll eat, um, you know. Oh, I'm sorry, Jack. Did you just say communism? Are you talking about <laughs> communism here? Because I'm hearing communism. See, this is it's what you're up communism. against, right? There's a seasonal nature to what to to uh, to fresh produce. They just eat communism. Communism. <laughs> this is the shit they come up with. But uh, look, 
I will say that removing the idea of shopping for our lives may easily wind up with algorithms designing deciding our preferences less on these actual preferences and more on the preferences of the producer. Now, this is my own little conspiracy theory, and this is mm-hmm. where the seasonal I thing like kind it. of comes I like in. it. I'm liking it. Because realistically, when the algorithm starts making decisions for you and you start to get to a point where you, you can't actually click on something, that's because this, the producer's like, you know what? I want you to have this because this mm-hmm. is working. This I have a better margin on this. Just like when you go down to the, like the, the JB Hi-Fi and they try and sell you a certain laptop top that's the one they want you to fucking buy because they're making the biggest markup on that and then when you say i'll have this one they look at you like yeah. you're a piece of shit so that also, being said the way in which we sorry yeah go no look i don't not often uh, order online but we did during the pandemic and i ordered online and i ordered three carrots and got three kilograms joel <laughs> i've got mates who've done that and it's really really funny <laughs> so fuck you to the like algorithm ham. It was like 20 kilos instead of 200 grams, something totally <laughs> fucked up. It was crazy. Uh, just crazy. Who, yeah, I know everyone who eats just kilograms of carrots every day. Yeah, it's totally normal. Don't worry about it. So let's let's continue on here with this train wreck of an article. When AI and robots take, took over, sorry, past tense, when AI and, yes. and robots took over so much of our work, ooh, we're going very Schwarzenegger now, aren't we? Uh, we suddenly <laughs> had time to eat well, sleep well. And spend okay. time with other people. Ooh, the concept of rush on? hour makes no sense anymore since the mm-hmm. work that we can do can be done at any time. I don't really Good. know if I would call it work anymore. Uh, well, I'm working on a screenplay, you know, and, and, and a couple of guys, we just get together and we Zoom meet over this screenplay. I mean, that's what it sounds exactly. like the work is. Keep it is more like thinking time, creation time and development time. Yeah, they're working on a screenplay. Yeah, exactly. It's like, this is hippy-dippy nonsense, and it sounds like the kind of shit that happens to trust fund kids who don't realize that trust fund kids are trust fund kids and not normal. In this situation, work doesn't really exist, but someone is maintaining all of this. Someone is building the next generation of tech. There are lines of code that need to be written. Someone is doing the work. I mean, the things have to be repaired. So things need to be created. This isn't some just kind of stagnant out. thing. Just throw them out. There might be some robots who are taking care of some shit and making this autonomous, but realistically, there's got to be progress and there's got to be someone doing the maintenance. And it's not her. It's but who is it? It's robots. It's- no, it's going to be fucking me. Nah, I'm just kidding. It's not even me. I'm, I'm a white male. It's migrant workers. <laughs> Didn't you read that the, book the, the by that wheelchair guy, Joel? It's going to be yeah, robots. No, it's And they're, it's and they're becoming workers. self-aware. It's going to be migrant workers. So apparently there's no refugees anymore in this great city, um, but apparently actually they're all just working underneath the city to keep it going because there is no way that this isn't being fueled by migrant workers. And you're going to get a taste of this when we look at the Saudi smart city called Neom, where they've already executed several tribal leaders who stood in the way and they're already starting to ship in migrant workers to build. I'm guessing robots can do do those executions going forward, Joel. I'm pretty sure they get robots to do that. Fuck, that is dark because it feels really true. <laughs> the Saudis will be all over. Saudi death about. robots. Oh, of course they do that. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. fuck. <laughs> oh. That robotic voice, and then out come the scimitars. Because um, uh, they were actually advertising. This is a couple of years ago now. The Saudis were advertising because they couldn't find executioners. Unsurprisingly, people, you know. Well, you know, there's a decent career, in it, but 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 where are my career prospects? You know, where are my career prospects? I lop off a few heads in the morning. You know, where's it going to take me ultimately? Where am I going to be in five years' time? 
So they so they were advertising within Saudi Arabia for for people to go and you know do a bit of training, bit of on on the go job. To head chop his school. Oh no 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 no! That's not the head. You've just chopped off his arm. Um, yes yes. Yeah. Good start stuff. though. Good start. Yeah good. Yeah you've done well today. You've yeah, done well yeah, today. Yeah. So we'll yeah, they'll be, ha- they'll be hanging out for the bots to get in charge of that. Yes, yes, of course, yes. All right, kick it off. Well, for a while, everything was turned into entertainment. <laughs> God, Saudi robot executioners, that's entertainment. <laughs> and people <laughs> did not want to bother themselves with difficult issues. Oh, yeah. It was only at the last yeah. minute that we found out how to use all these new technologies for better purposes than just killing time. So people didn't bother yeah. themselves with difficult issues. I mean, what are we talking about? Politics? Is People just become apolitical? Is that what they're saying? Maybe Saudi executions might be might be a thing. I reckon <laughs> it's probably putting that on the carpet. Mm. We will be covering that in the Smart Cities one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick the boot into the Saudis so hard, I'm going to fucking get executed in the street. Anyway, so look, I'm just going to say here, I'm just going to single this part out. What is the last minute? It was only at the last minute that we fa- – it was o- – what – what is the last minute? Like, is it climate change? Are the ice caps melting? We're all fucking drowning in a sea of nonsense. Like, I do not like the idea that she put the last minute in. Also, because, of course, that's a fucking... It's catnip to cookers. But I can see how this plays out. We lose our jobs. Robots minute. bring us food. Yeah. We watch cat videos for a while. And then eventually, watching kitties jumping into cardboard boxes and then jumping out and then jumping back in, it gets less interesting. And we start going <laughs> back to this idea of doing stuff that's good for society. Well, I we will personally be, we will be cat like cats videos ourselves. for a long time. Hey, that looks yes, fun. We will. I might we will. just go and sit in that box for a while. Eh, and after about five minutes, eh, yeah. this, isn't, this isn't fun anymore. Give me the ball of string. Give me the ball no, of string. No, I think I'm going to lick myself and order a pasta maker. Exactly. But the, all these things are on demand now. So we do, like, we wind up making these sort of cool new ways to do shit instead of spending all our time doing things we hate, you know, like spreadsheet monkeys and bullshit. We start to think philosophically. We exchange these ideas. This is all very utopian and lovely. We make the world a better place. We collaborate. We stand on the shoulders of giants. We produce brilliant Robot. things. Robot giants. But only after a cat video phase. And we had to get well, bored of well, the cat just, videos. It was only at the last minute that we found out how to use all these for better purposes. It's like, yeah, exactly. How, how, what sort of Armageddon did we face that was just- I don't know. Just off in the horizon there. It's coming our way. And and, and, yeah. and, and it was like, what was it, just boredom, ennui? Were people just going out and sort of you know, tearing robots apart because they- It's such a fucking a striking line. Yeah, mm. I, I didn't like it. I saw that and I was like, last excuse me? minute? What? Last minute? This mm. is one of my favourite parts because this is fucked. Let, kick it off. Uh, my biggest concern is all the people who do not live in our city, those mm. we lost on the way, Ooh. Mm. those who decided that it became too much, all this technology, cookers, hello cookers, yep. those oh, yeah. who this felt obsolete cookers. and useless when robots and AI took over big parts of our jobs. I feel sorry yeah. for them. Those who got upset <laughs> with the political system and turned against it. Ooh, yeah, we are talking cookers here. They live different kind of lives out city, uh, outside of the city. Some have formed little self-supplying communities. We aren't talking cookies here. Um, <laughs> we are others it. just stayed in the empty and abandoned houses in small 19th century villages. They are kind of H.G. Wells Morlocks. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And very scary to choose. And I'm not completely against them. 
I mean, I've always seen this as basically a massive nod to the anarchists that live underground in Demolition Man. You know, like where Dennis Leary's there, like, you know, I just want to have a fucking burger and swear. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, bro, I feel you. I absolutely feel you. Because the way that paragraph is written is alarming to say the fucking least. While this is meant to be a dystopian view uh, view of like some sort of future, remember, without that context, this was released as something from a WEF person that was quoted by the WEF and- no context of it being dystopian. So this looked like a fucking policy agenda. Yeah. That's the Didn't difference like- between you and me, Joel. You'll talk about Demolition Man and I'll talk about H.G. Wells' Time Machine. Uh, but anyway. Um, uh- Demolition Man is a great film and you can fuck right <laughs> no, up. And Dennis Leary was a great character. film when we've been through. Hey, you want to hit some balls, Dennis? Hey, you want to hit some <laughs> balls, Dennis? Um, that was Slice the One who had his... Who had his golf pro on call at, on set um, uh, in that particular film? Uh, but the thing is, this, the way this is expressed is just appalling. Joe, my biggest concern—it's not like I feel sorry for, or I have some empathy for. It's my biggest concern is so it's almost yes, like because they're going to rise yeah, up and kill us all. Well, yeah, and we'll I don't have fucking to fucking blame them, and we'll have to train some robots and give them scimitars in order to stop yes. that. The Saudi death robots are going to come in real handy when Dennis Leary starts getting out of hand. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, like if you look at Demolition Man, like they root with sea, uh, they, they wipe their ass with seashells, they root with VR headsets. The whole thing's a fucking nightmare and they can't yeah. swear because they get fined. Like, I mean, that sort of dystopia and the way in which there could be like underground rebellion. I've said so many things about how if XYZ happens, then I will march with cookers. And I honestly will because there are so many things where I'll just be like, you know what? First time was okay. The sequel's not so funny. But at the same time, like, I mean, I think, I think this that's is, the case like with Demolition it's, it's Man as thing. well. Uh, sorry. Yeah. So, look, this is a city which has a cultish vibe to it. You can tell mm. from this. Yeah, this does. whole, like, you know, a few pesky outsiders who refuse to get the ankle bracelet and be watched constantly. And the voice on TV told us that they're not bad. They should be pitied. They shouldn't be feared. They should be sort of, you know, patted on the head and, you know, good luck to them. No, it's not. It's it's actually a bit darker than that, isn't it? It it, it is really kind of these are the outsiders. And, look, they were offered a chance to join us in Utopia, but. That's right. And now the Saudi death robots are going to go and murder them. So you can understand how cookers go nuts on this stuff, right? I mean, I'm not saying that they got to the point of reading this, but but they're thought leaders. (laughs) If we could yes, call yes, who have read Roberts, this five minute article. Malcolm leader. Roberts, exactly, yeah. Uh, they're going, Oh, Jesus Christ, this is this is worse than this is worse than Demolition Man, which I didn't understand at the time. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and now I realise it's all Klaus Schwab. Yeah, yeah. That's right. It's very silly. Klaus Schwab wrote Demolition Man. I understand it all now. He didn't, by the way, he didn't. Yeah. He did not. Yeah, no, I don't think Malcolm's a reader. But look, to summarize that. The people in our city get a bunch of free shit. We barely have to work anymore. Our lives are perfect, but there's a catch. We have a complete lack of freedom, no privacy, and generally speaking, we probably fuck through like weird Morse code. But there's those we lost along the way, and they're in some sort of subsistence agrarian nightmare where there's no healthcare, and they die from bacterial infections because we don't give them antibiotics, and we generally pity them because they didn't come along the fucking path. They chose some sort of morsel of freedom and autonomy, over this weird Orwellian nightmare that is our city. And like like I said, I'd probably fucking join them because at the end of the day, these people are definitely eating soil and grain and it's going to be fucking soy paste and nonsense. There's no beer in our city. I'm absolutely sure of it. And if there is, it's not good. So 
I'd go down there and basically start a pig farm at a brewery. Sub- subscribe me a beer, Joe. Sweet. Subscribe me a beer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't like it. So, look, it does get really creepy. Our city goes from this place of like this sort of free utopian work is easy, life is good. But then you get this vibe of like there's a, a group thing. There's a cult leader involved yeah, in is. this. There's some sort of central authority pitying these outsiders and you've been hypnotized into a fascist utopia without probably out of it really noticing and you're saying these weird nighttime prayers for those we left behind who don't get fucking you know new shoes every month the, but like, the other thing these I'd just say, people who the other thing i'd say about this yeah, is, is, is is the depiction of it must be even more terrifying for cookers because there don't seem to be all that many people around, you know. <laughs> you know <laughs> just like we're talking about cities where you can just wander down the boulevards, <laughs> tree-lined boulevards, yes. and there just don't seem to be a whole lot of others there. Um, so no, that, you no, know, really, so it really has got that vibe about it too. Well, they're, they're migrant workers living in bunk beds under the city making everything work Morlocks, for you. Morlocks, but uh, Morlocks. Yes. Yeah, it's 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 troubling. Well, the next well, I'm bit go is again. actually one of my favourites. So you, you, yeah, you go this yeah, one. Yeah, go, go for it. I, I, I will. And once in a while, I get annoyed about the fact that I have no real privacy. Nowhere I can go and not be registered. I know that somewhere, everything I do, think and dream of is recorded. I Jesus. just hope that nobody will use it against me. God, don't even go yeah. to my dreams, man. <laughs> 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 X-rating. Um, um, yeah, so- I'm pretty sure I had Elon Musk in my dreams last night. I don't know why Twitter is fucking my head. <sighs> well, yeah. So so where does this nonsense come from that our dreams not are good. going to be monitored? I mean, like, that's fucked up. Like, And, like, I hope that no one use it against me. Like, if you have, like, some weird, pervy, weird dream and, like, they're going to fucking record that and then just, like, be like, oh, if you don't go along with my plan in our city, I'm going to show this to your mum. Like, yeah. what? Like, it's no. just, it's fucked. Um, We're going to show you, your mum your awful, awful, awful nightmare, uh, awful dreams about her. Yes, exactly. Well, your sexually violent nightmares might come up as well. I mean, I'm sure they happen as well. They sound pretty saucy. Uh, this is something they actually kind of fleshed out in the Davos session about whether privacy could become a luxury item. And it is interesting and it's a very concerning concept because it rings true. Even now, the idea that privacy is a luxury item, you know, you can opt out of being tracked, but you have to pay because right now we're the product, but it gets to a point where user pays to stop being the product, which is an interesting and concerning concept that I think should be fleshed out. The WF has probably talked about it at length. I haven't read anything they've seen because goddamn, they like writing stuff. But in this article, it just sounds kind of fucked up. It doesn't really explain the whole thing. It doesn't give the background and depth to it because this person's probably already been exposed to a lot of this sort of information and knows all this sort of backstory. Now, I personally don't care that much about privacy itself, but I don't like the idea of being blackmailed with my thoughts. I don't know if that, call me crazy, but that just seems a bit much. So it doesn't really bother me if big tech knows my movements because Google actually does track me everywhere I go. I have a Google Maps timeline. I look at it at the end of the year. It tells me all the cities I've been to. It's kind of cool. And some people turn that feature off because they find it a bit much. That's fine. But you should have the option to turn these things off without having to pay for it. But- oh, well, hi, 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 Elon. I mean, like, okay. so the issue here is the idea that 
you could possibly be blackmailed because of your dreams. And this probably has a lot of the things that WF, like they talk about, has basis in some sort of weird reality we don't know about because some tech bro is doing it and talks about it openly at these things, but we're not exposed to it because we live our little lives in a little bubble, quite sheltered from the terrifying fucking like advancements in technology that are still in labs, but are going to be unleashed in the world. It's a bizarre thing to say. I think it's probably got legs, and I hate to think what legs it has. Many legs. Hairy but if legs. in 2030, my dreams are going to be recorded and used against me, I mean, I'm out. Like, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, but that is, yeah, this is, this is so insane. A, this has come from mine, who's, 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 who's like a B-grade version of Jules Verne. It's like a B-grade version of Isaac Asimov. Um, yeah. <laughs> someone who's actually read science fiction and, and, and perhaps watched a couple of really crappy movies and gone on this sort of, you know, sort of, this this take about you know a perfect society that has this has this as a you know a, a bit of a problem in that we completely lose all privacy. We, we're sort of seeing this, but it's not in that you know, we, we are losing that that privacy in that every corporation that we have a dealing with on the web wants our data and all this sort of bullshit about well, give us your give us your uh, give us your phone number and we'll we'll send you a code and all this sort of stuff. I mean this stuff. It really needs to be legislated against. It's both functioning governments that beyond this stuff, you should not have it. You should not be able to store it for any length of time at all. You and I have both been dudded by Optus, for example. Done by fucking Optus, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and I was never artists. a customer. Bought my mum a phone. Had to give my driver's license up. That ten years ago, they've still got the data. Now there's telecommunications requirements, um, or requirements of telecommunications companies in Australia to re- to keep this data on behalf of fucking law enforcement. Hello, Peter Dutton, you fucking idiot. And then and basically, so we've got this data being stored for long periods of time. It needs to be regulated. That length of time needs to be. Uh, reduced dramatically, and then these companies should be obliged by law to send you out, send you out a text or an email saying we have just removed your data from our base. Yeah, yeah, that's what should happen. And, and, and this is where governments need to in, in, intervene in this sort of stuff. Not some laissez-faire yeah. idiots who can barely use computers, who are who are, who are legislators, who have no idea yep. at the extent of data that's being stored right now. Yep. Totally yeah. agree. But like I say, EU is doing really good stuff on this, and they get they very are, smart yeah. people. The only thing I find about like the GDPR where like they say, okay, accept cookies or reject cookies, Half the time to reject cookies, you have to go like a three-click process. Yeah. I can't bother doing that. I'm so fucking basic. I that? just say accept. Yeah, so, that's not right. But you, you know. can scrub cookies. You can you can scrub cookies. The po- the point yeah, I'm trying yeah, to make true, is that yeah. virtually every every interaction you have online with a corporation requires you to give them a fair chunk of your data without you having any knowledge of where that's going to be used, how long it's going to be stored, and and, and basically that is not good enough. That is the role of regulators to come in and say, hey, once you've got that data, you have 28 days to remove it, and then you have to yeah. notify the client that it's been done. You know what that is? That's communism, Jack. It's communism. Not, it's not communism. It's, communism. it's regulation. It's, it's uh, communism. It's a regulatory. It's, it's a regulatory environment because we've had a fucking government in power since 2013 that have just had no idea about what's going on. Uh, no, they about, haven't at all. 
about what's going on within technology, within interface users and, and, and data storage. This is why we've got this build-up. This is the argument, though, because the thing with cookers is that for some bizarre reason, Tucker Carlson, Candace Owens and other definitely not elites who are like billionaires have managed to convince these fucking morons that private ownership is sacred and should not be regulated and data is private ownership. Uh So, I mean, A, Cooker's dreams are probably incredibly boring except for that Brad guy in Canberra. I reckon his dreams are pretty spicy and Guru's (laughs) dreams would be fucking next level. No, you you know, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, you don't want to go anywhere near. That'd be quite telling. (laughs) But like, this is the thing. So they start recording dreams and using them against us, right? These fucking Mm. morons will be standing there saying that private companies have the right to do this. Why? Because it's not the government. Because these people are fucking shills for big business. Because they've been told to by right-wing outlets. So if Donald Trump or, or, or President Eric Trump, Eric Trump, President Eric <laughs> Trump in the year 2040 decides he wants to do this. Yes, yes, veteran veteran talk show host Tucker Carlson will say, "Yeah, no, that's terrific." But if but if yeah, someone exactly. from the other side suggested it, it would be like yeah, George Soros communism. But the thing about George Soros is he's fucking against it. George Soros is publicly against social credit scores. He is so vehemently against this kind of as he considers to be like sort of Chinese fucking approach to security. And yet they just slap him into everything. So, yeah, but I totally fucking agree. It will be polarized by some sort of dumbass fucking ideology and it will probably have something to do with Judaism. I'm fucking sure of it. But <laughs> you know, this is the thing. But, but, when but, it yeah, comes the- down to these sort of like things, though, like they, if they're not temporary, then I my alarm bells go off. So like with check-ins, for example, like Absolutely. I was all for those as long as they were temporary. And they were. And if they come back, I'm going to be asking some fucking questions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw I saw all that sort of stuff. Never quite understood why you'd want to say I've just checked in at such and such a place. I never quite understood why they that'd pop up on a Twitter feed and stuff. Weird. Oh, uh, yeah, anyway. yeah, that yeah. When we did yeah. it, we, when we did it by choice as, as opposed to by force. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, but but we are talking about the great big pull uh, of for the cookers is privacy. I mean, it, the irony is uh, is that these people are, are giving away stuff, uh, personal data. Uh, on any given occasion, to own, well, to own a mobile phone, to have a to have an internet network at home, to buy a car, to uh, uh, purchase basically anything online, um, they are coughing up all their data. But the sort of cookers, this sort of cultist group, um, besides the ones that are just completely turning their back on technology, and there are a few of those outside Canberra, but the, for the most part, they're all going. I, I just don't want the government getting hold of it and I said well they already do mate yeah. they do when you go to see a doctor well not that they do that very often but they're a bad mm. example um but but yeah uh, they they do that, that when, you know, could go when away. you when you get your welfare checks you when yes you, you know, all they, of these they things that. they know more about you uh than you know about them yes but that's the yeah. great pull of it you know that, that's that this is this is where people like roberts uh, people like Bernardi, although he's Mr. Three Percent, they will babble on about you know that your lives are being lost, privacy is being lost, or not lives, but your but your private lives are being lost. And this is this is a great red light for the cookers. Yeah, because of course big tech is only problematic as long as it's run by fucking lefties. They don't agree with it. Tucker Carlson tells them. That's it, I totally agree with it. Hmm. So this is the last paragraph of the article. Actually, it's uh, it sums it up. All right. All in all, it is a good life. Uh, much really? better than the path we were on, 
what was wrong with that? Where it became mm. so clear that we could not continue with the same model of growth. Yeah, I get back to this, not very many people around. We had all these terrible things happening, lifestyle diseases. Is that the worst thing? Really? Climate yeah, change, the refugee crisis, environmental degradation, completely congested cities, water pollution, air pollution, social unrest and unemployment. We lost way too many people before we realized, we realized that we could do things differently. I wonder how you lost them. Oh, it was like, yeah. fuck, they were, under, they were just under the bed and now I can't what find happened? them. These, yeah. <laughs> it would seem like we've wiped about five or six billion people off the planet here. Oh, It sounds lost. a lot like that. Yeah, does, yeah exactly. Ooh, God, you they know, were really just choking up our cities, weren't they? Bill Gates pressed that button and just everyone vanished what for some reason. What the fuck is a lifestyle strange. disease? What's the last uh, Honestly, I've got a massive problem with that because that is very Demolition Man vibes because you know when like Sly Stallone and, um, <laughs> and Sandra Bullock are going to have sex and like he wants to root, but she's like, no, we're going to do this with the headsets and whatnot. That is this lifestyle disease vibe to me. It's this thing of like, not only that, but it's got massive homophobia vibes to it as well, like a lifestyle disease. STI wow. is written all over it. It's yeah. like, I do not like it. This oh, is the whole is thing. I do that not- what they mean? Oh, good luck. I reckon. I reckon, yeah. Like, yeah. I thought it was I mean, more like, like people dying of heart attacks and stuff and stress. And- well, I think obesity and stuff like that might be a part of it. But then again, it's the other thing of like, okay, so we're allowed to eat rations. So when you order mm. food from your like, you know, robot in the sky, they decide your portions. That's right. Maybe on your birthday, you You've get already double. had a Chiquito this week. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, but your saturated fat levels are a bit high. I mean, like, this is the kind of Dennis Leary thing where I will die on that hill. And I think that we should be able to have filthy, unprotected sex with strangers. And I think we should be able to eat very, very bad food. And I think we should be able to die as a result. I think the whole public healthcare thing is is a question. But we do that in a democracy where we respect each other enough to say, okay, the majority will do the right thing and a few people are going to do crazy shit and maybe we have to pay for a bypass, but that's okay because they write fun This is why democracy is so important. I mean, this is is why retaining democratic institutions and having faith and confidence in them is really, really important. And, And it's disappointing to see media some uh, elements of media, not pursuing just how important it is. Um, yes, and trying to destroy and it undermining, for and, and, and undermining yeah. it. That's right. So that's why it's really disappointing to see that because um, yeah, it is. while you've got a democracy, you have that great pressure valve that, you, that will just un- unleash a lot of conflict by basically a majority voting one way or another. It might not be the way you yeah. vote. And that's disappointing. You're just going to have to are going to have to wear that and cop it for the next three or four years, um, but or in the Senate five. Um, but but that's just the way it goes. And and redouble your yep. efforts. And if you're that keen, you know, jump jump on board. Help out a political party. Start your own. Do whatever you like. This is why it's really important. Because while you've got a democracy, you can't have this stuff. You can't have this stuff. You know, all in all, it is a good life when there's only four people. Four people in, in, in Broadway, <laughs> Sydney, you know, <laughs> and you're yeah. um, wandering around the with the, the windswept boulevards of Sydney. I mean, it, totally. it just can't happen while you've got a functioning democracy. That's why it's absolutely 
key. The other thing about functioning democracies is they're very, very new. And we really have only had them for much of the 20th century. In fact, our, our democracy only is, is as old as the 20th century. Some, including the United States and the Brits, go back a bit further in some sort of bit. tortured way. Uh, <laughs> but, but, when, but serious one vote, one value democracy is yeah. very rare to this day. Uh, Without and, racial but, or gender but it's barriers. Be- but it's becoming less rare. You know, democracy yeah. is breaking out in Africa. Democracy is breaking out in South America. Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, it's just a shame that we're looking at the United States going, geez, are you going to still have it in 20 years' time? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but, the US um, would invade the US right now seeing their midterms. <laughs> They'd be like, I'm sorry, guys, we need to send peacekeepers yeah. in to check your yeah, fucking just- elections. Because there are armed people intimidating voters at fucking ballot boxes. Yeah. Just ridiculous. So, look, I totally agree with the trajectory of growth being unsustainable. Plundering the earth is happening on a scale which I don't think we can answer for. I think the lifestyle diseases thing reeks of rationing and sexual control. So, the Demolition Man vibes are really going in here. But the, these unrealistic claims are not sustainable. There's no refugees. We live in a perfect government. Uh, perfect world like is it a one world government i don't know like what what is the deal here like there's no refugees in eight years time how the fuck does that work right mm. Mm. it makes no sense it no, makes it no makes sense absolutely no sense because one thing we do know is there's going to be a great many climate refugees i mean climate yes. change is not going to affect those people in the top one or five percent in terms not of in wealth, our city global wealth uh, not in our city either, uh, but it's no. going to affect those who can afford it least. And and, and yes. you know those are the people who are going to say, hey, I want to come to Australia. Oh, I want to go to Europe. I want to go to the United States. Uh, and we're just going to mush them up and put them in sausage rolls and we'll have them delivered by drones, right? <laughs> well, that is probably not quite what I was thinking of. The other point well, I want to say is that technology actually does – when we think about this trajectory of, 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 of endless endless economic growth and consumption around that, I often sort of think about in the 1930s, you know, there were in, in, per acre um, uh, of wheat, there would be, be X number of bushels grown in an acre, let's say five, right? Now with fertilisers, et cetera, et cetera, it's, it's four times that. So we're able yeah, to produce... Yeah. With, I mean, look, that's the sake, you know, producing, producing organic uh, or inorganic fertilizers is a really climate intensive or, or, or uh, yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah, uh, and uh, very volatile business. substances too. Yeah, can you be. You don't and, want a match to go off in there. Yeah, well, the EU was going to build one in Africa, and, and, and well, they were, they were supportive of of one being built in Africa because there are no inorganic fertilizers manufactured in in Africa. At all, interesting, uh, uh, and and the EU was supportive of it, and then and then they came up with sort of dizzy sort of climate change policies and poo pooed it. But it was really economic striving. Yeah. It's this sort of neo colonialism saying, "Hey, you can buy from us." And this is like Malthusian sort of economics, where basically you project that project uh, population projection will outgrow uh, production and cause problems. But production grows. Production grows like crazy and it's incredibly impressive. We should fucking celebrate it. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We are fucking remarkable beings, you know. Yeah, it was one of the things with the vaccine. I mean, like, yes, okay, it split everyone in half, blah, 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 but half of us were sitting there going, well fucking done, guys. You nerds are all right. Well, more than half You know, I should never have pulled your underwear through your pants. 
more, more than half of us, which is, again, disappointing well, yeah. to see certain media go, oh, God, look at these these vaccines for telling us lies, or the people who made these vaccines telling us lies. I mean, what was remarkable? Yeah, why don't you go make a vaccine journo? <laughs> so, <laughs> Fucking idiots. Within, you know, within oh, less than a year, we had a vaccine. It's astonishing. Adam Crichton, not smart enough to do that. Just saying. No. Just no. saying. You wouldn't let him loose. But on the, th- wouldn't let him loose on the test tubes. Be a lot of broken glass on the floor. Well, yes, some, of it, some of it and in a lot his of mouth. Whinging. Mm. Yes, and tax policy. So basically, the social unrest part of this, I think, is quite um, telling. Of course, as we know, in retrospect, this was a dystopian tale. But of course, I can see why people would see this as being like a ban on protesting and some sort of projection of the WEF saying that protesting is going to be illegalized and sort of like um, criminalized and stomped down on. And the idea of that being a thing in the past, I mean, are we being drugged? Is there Xanax in the water? It sounds like there's fucking Xanax in the water. Like, is our city giving us sedatives to just keep us docile no. and relaxed? No, no, and no, no, honestly, no, we're not. That's, that, that, that's, I, I that's really expensive. <laughs> really Maybe expensive. it's a good thing. Oh, oh, but the return on investment is pretty sweet. So, like, okay, even in 2050, I'm not seeing a docile population where we basically fuck through headsets to avoid disease, we're fed rations because of heart issues, climate change is somehow fine now because that was fine, it was just a phase. Refugees are a historical concept, maybe because we ate them all and everything is now clean. <laughs> they, just, they just disappeared. There's, some, something, there's something that's what not happened? quite right in all. Yeah, they're gone. What they're happened? Gone. So um, that's just not going to happen. Quick quiz. It's not on the I mean, it, 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 who's got the most number of internal displaced? Which country has the most? Uh, it says the largest number of internally displaced persons. It will get Inter- you like as country. in like receiving or leaving. No, no internally displaced. So, so a country uh, has had, yeah, gone okay, through yeah. tumult, and and people have had to move within that country. No. Sudan? I don't know. No, it's actually Colombia, and it has been for years oh, because they've had that long civil war. The FARC and, and blah, blah, blah. Big, yeah. big numbers of, of, of five million interesting. Um, internally displaced people. The starting result resulted How annoying. in fact, a friend of mine just came back from Medellin, and um, uh, and he says it is going back to be one of the world's great cities. Um, oh, cool. It's, yeah, no, it's the, the crime stopped, all that sort of stuff. The Escobar stuff is all is all gone. All that all that violence has been exported to Central America. Uh, yeah, and um, great Honduras, great yeah, place Hon- to hang out these days. Yeah, one of the most dangerous parts of the world to be in at any given time. Is Sounds fucking terrifying. It yeah. does sound so terrifying. This article was written, I think, in 2015, 2016. So that sort of period, let's just say 15 years, under 15 years, really, because I think it was 2016. And mm. like that is a pretty crazy set of projections for such a short period of time. But of course, mm. it is this sort of half sci-fi dystopian essay based on a whole bunch of WF stuff, but also a bunch of this person's just weird sexual fantasies. And there honestly, I'm not I don't think it I don't think it checks out. I don't think it checks out at all. But the way in which this without context of saying clearly, this is fiction. We don't actually advocate for this. This isn't what we want. And, for someone if, to tell me this you, is their view of the you, future. You think it's nah. fact, we'll, we'll crush you into a small paste. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, because that's where all the refugees we'll went. Cut you down to a fine paste and snort you, snort you up our nostrils. <clears throat> so that sort of like, you know, the, the the fact that it was intended to be viewed through a lens of warning has been lost on the reader, yeah, and I totally understand point. why. <laughs> 
and it, it is fine. And taken literally, there's very few reasons not to feel threatened by this because it is a genuinely cool piece of writing until it's contextualised. Well, I, I'd simply ask, what, what the cookers do when they read Asimov, or do they read Asimov, I suppose, is the first question, but what, what, what happens when, they, when, when cookers read Asimov or Arthur C. Clarke? Well, or, or, it's different from the know, World Economic Forum. You know, um, Ray Bradbury. Well, what do they do? I mean, do they, well, just, yeah. do they just shit themselves and then think, oh, my God, Fannis P. And he starts smashing TVs? I mean, what, what, what goes on there? A lot of the time in situations like this, you'll notice that cookers will actually completely misinterpret these, facts, uh, these works of fiction and then they will go on to misinterpret them entirely and turn them into their own thing. And that is fine because, you know, fiction's out there to be interpreted and have some fun with it. Year 10 English, have, do, do your fucking best. But realistically, when it comes from an organisation like the WEF, it doesn't quite have the same Angus and Robertson vibe than some of these classic authors do. So I can understand why they saw this as being yeah, less look, of I, a I, I, fictional I dystopia mm. and more of a, you know, agenda for the world, which cookers quite reasonably didn't want a part of. I don't blame them. Look, people may have read this and thought the WEF have terrible plans for the world, but... It was- it's, it's, it's not a plan. <laughs> this is what we're they, saying. Yeah, they don't. The issue is they yeah. don't have, and they don't have the capacity to enforce any of this, uh, no, even if no. they did, uh, but they don't. <clears throat> Nobody's about to make you ride share your undies drawer and know, Corey Bernardi, the concept of products as a service are not endorsed in Schwab's book, The Great Reset, and you'd fucking know that if you'd read it. Not read it, Corey, but you haven't. Mm. Yeah, no, not a reader. Of course Corey. not. No, not a reader. Cannot be fucking bothered. It's, he's a rower. Yeah, yeah, and that's all he is. He's a fucking moron. His tweets recently have been so painful. So you'll learn nothing. Be happy has become this sort of throwaway term for a movement that thrives on this fear and loathing because that's what gets him clicks. It's what gets him donations, and it just keeps that endorphin rush going. It's really unfortunate that I can manage to write something so easy to distort in the utterly naive belief that people were smart enough to understand their motives. And I get it. Honestly, I'm. A bit of an idiot myself. And I was reading this, I was like, bro, come on. And then it was like, dude, I didn't mean it. And you're like, oh, bro, I get it now. But even then, with that sort of face value of this article, whether you believe it or whether you see through the fact that it's got this sort of dystopian thing, it's not completely baseless. The WEF talks about this kind of futurism all the time. It's a fucked up prediction, but things like, you know, things as a subscription service as opposed to being product. That is on the horizon in a lot of sectors. Other thing about it is the bizarre part about feeling sorry for the dissidents. I feel like one of these guys who talks down to cookers and now I'm like looking at them like, oh, guys, fuck, are you going to eventually be right? I mean, it's going to take a while. You're not right now, mm, but not, one day- Not outside this, Canberra. It's happening very, if, very fast out there. Oh, fucking morons. But if this ends up going More this lots. way, I mean, I will be hand in hand with you motherfuckers. But- since then, not only has been clarified, but it's been thoroughly explained. And instead of rallying to ensure this doesn't actually happen, idiots are being programmed to pointlessly scream into the void that class shop is evil because reasons. And instead of screaming at the government to make sure that products as a service are heavily regulated to ensure the yes. concept is not abused yes. by big business to keep consumers in a perpetual cycle of payments just to survive, they yell how fucking companies have the right to do anything they want to because Tucker Carlson told them that's the fucking way to go and communism is the other option and they don't believe in government regulation. It's the one thing that is stopping this from happening. <laughs> fucking right. morons. It's exactly it, yeah. It's the, just it's the, like- it's the one thing. Governments are far from perfect um, organs to do this, by the way, but- that's, yes, of course. That's the get out, you know. 
because this if we is were, what if we were left us. if we were left alone to if we were left alone to just be preyed upon by naked uh, naked corporate uh, um, capitalists, this shit would already be happening. We would be fucked and worse. You know, we would oh, be totally. we would basically be bias lunch. We, absolutely, and like this is the thing: they start mulching the cars in the name of climate change, and then Elon Musk owns all the self driving Teslas and leases them out like Ubers to people who can afford them, which may or may not be you. You got giant capital firms that are buying up houses with this extraordinary vacancy rate because they can do that because they control the losses and they can keep prices prices high and housing mm. scarce to in artificial scarcity. <laughs> And this is, but this is the thing they can do because they're in that situation when they have ultra power. They can lock people into being lifelong renters, which makes you absolutely depend on employment. And despite the fact this Danish lunatic thinks we're all just going to be sitting around brainstorming about fuck all, it sounds like she has rich parents. And not everyone's going to be in that position. Some of us are going to be in bunk beds underneath the city. I fucking guarantee you. But. This is the thing, you know, like the, the subscription thing's already happening. Software companies are doing it. Office 365, it's yearly now. You don't buy it one-off. It's fucking yearly and they make it absurdly expensive to buy one-off. Why? Because they're cunts. They're squeezing more and more money out of people who just like want to use products they used to rely on and now they're so locked in this ecosystem, they can't do anything about it. Big tech are monetizing the data to the point where privacy may very well be a luxury item. This is a total reality we're facing and instead of like kicking and screaming and actually looking at big tech, we're winning about people's fucking accounts being deleted because they said fucking things about vaccines. Not over the target. This is fucking sad. I mean, look, if you do post about threatening to hang down Andrews, don't be fucking weirdly surprised that you are censored because guess what? You're threatening to hang a fucking premier of a state, you goddamn moron. Maybe the problem is different. Maybe you're being told the wrong things here. Yeah. So, look, yeah. I would say the concerns about this issue raised in the article should not be directed at WEF because they are just the messenger. They are shared with the WEF. This is the shit that WEF is actually trying to organize around to make sure it doesn't go the way that cookers think it go- is going. All this dystopian reality is stuff that WEF openly talk about trying to avoid. But That's without it. that and completely unchecked, this dystopia is a very plausible reality. The WEF are on your side. Yeah, democracy that. and governments are the things that will save you. In the meantime, yes. <laughs> speaking Fuck. of uh, outliers in, in, in the political mm. spectrum anyway, we need to ignore the constant moaning of idiots like Bernardi. Bernardi, Bernardi I guarantee, has never been right about one thing in his life. And Malcolm no, Roberts honestly. is just straight-out delusional. You know, they're this either too child. stupid to know better or selling their constituents rage fuel to control them politically. That's what Roberts works. is this what's what Roberts is doing. I mean, I don't I He's don't doing put, it now, yeah. I don't put him in a very smart category, by the way. But he is no. he has looked at a niche. He says, Look yes. where 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 will this party survive when Pauline Hansen wanders off in the sunset? How will I yeah. continue to be a senator? And and the answer yeah. is I am going to exploit that niche of freedom, yep. anti vaxxers and, yep. and you know, this is this is why he 100%. refers in the Senate to uh, to the Pfizer vaccine as that substance. Oh God, what a God, fucking idiot. Yeah, whatever it is. It's making our society more divided, angry. That's the thing. We're all just being fucking pumped up on anger. And, oh, totally. and, and, and miserable dolphins. because everyone yeah. wants clout. And Malcolm Roberts, yeah. he's 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 a clout merchant. That's all he wants. Social, electoral, just clout. And you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. Jack can be found on Twitter 
on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K, not a C, a And K, that's at the moment. K, which is a very funny sound. Anyway. Until Elon Musk fucking destroys the place and I jump ship to some nah, inferior look, It's, it's going to be really platform. funny. I think he's going to really fuck this up. And I think he's going to uh, and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll, really we'll, we'll, we'll all go and chat with, with, um, with uh, Kanye West in parlour. On yeah, I'll join Parler. That's what I think. That's what I think's going to happen. I like the sign-up process. Do you trust the Jews? Yes or no? <laughs> no. Sorry, access denied. Access denied. Access denied. They're going to drug we, you until you have bipolar. No, listeners, we have a Patreon to help keep this sustainable. It's a labor of love, but we still have to pay the rent. And yes, we do. And I haven't had it's my very I haven't had my weekly chiquito. Yes, exactly. I need my rations. So for as little as five dollars a month, you'll have access to all sorts of bonus content. We are trying to do it weekly. Every now and then we miss one, but we are trying to get three or four weeks to have a bonus content. And some of it's actually pretty good. Sometimes we put some fucking effort into it. And We'll every now and then post a little bit of a preview so you can get a bit of a taste of it. But, I mean, look, it's it's not a bad chat. Yeah, look, uh, I, I, I want to denounce that. I actually always put a bit of effort into it. Um, well, I, no, but I sometimes run He's not, he's not wearing a well. shirt yeah. now, for example. And, um, <laughs> and, and I don't know how much, how much more I can put up with this. And finally, all feedback, <laughs> tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's to tell us, that you've got a great idea for an article, you'll own tons of useless shit and be miserable. Oh, gee, I like the sound of that. Commission that That's work. Great. Let's do it. We Let's don't do it. it Feels mate. good. We're already living that dream. Yeah. As long as I don't have to have sex with icky bits, I'm happy. <laughs> I just want those headsets. It's too gross. There you, you go. Want to eat some balls? You want to? <laughs> you want to eat some balls, Joel? Do you want to do some balls? I can't do it. That's a very good Sylvester Stallone. All right, we're All going. Right. I'll see you All later, right. guys. See you, guys. Bye. I don't think I ever want to talk to any of those people. Fuck me. You guys are bastards.